Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for July 1st. Are we serious? It's July 4th weekend. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21, on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore TikTok at ETOF21 Sports, free horse racing picks at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing, free fantasy stuff at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy. How is everyone doing today? Can we, I, I, I am flabbergasted that it's already July 4th, that which is Monday, which reminds me July 5th. What a better way after the long holiday weekend to kick it with old Uncle Rico on the ETOF 21 Sports Show. It's going to be a loaded weekend of NBA craziness. We already saw it today with the Kevin Durant news, excuse me, on Thursday with the Kevin Durant news. And every Thursday, starting this Tuesday, sorry, every Tuesday, the ETOF 21 Sports Show will be live on YouTube and Twitch, breaking down the crazy world of sports and talking about gambling and fantasy. So make sure you check those reminders. Really looking forward to that. Week one guest, my boy, Silver Star Sports. He's going to be coming on, and we're going to be talking about everything going on in the NBA. I am so looking forward to this. But you guys are here for the podcast. So great show today. My boy, Dylan, Dylan, the sports enthusiast, comes on. We recorded Wednesday night, so before the NBA craziness with Durant happened, we recorded. I will talk. I'll personally talk a little bit about the Durant stuff. Then my boy Brandon comes on. We talk a little NASCAR, and then XFL Jim comes on, and we talk a little USFL and CFF CFL. But before I jump into everything with the KD stuff, and then the NBA, and then Brandon, and so on, so on, so on, I want to talk about Amone Bates. The kid from Memphis. Um, He's going to Louisville. Not Louisville, excuse me. He's going to Eastern Michigan. Interesting story. Interesting, interesting story. And it's a sad tale. And it kind of shows you... There's multiple multiple things we can learn about this tale of this this kid. This poor kid. I'm not going to say poor kid. That's a bad term. But this kid that was unjust. A, his dad pulls him out of public school. Starts a prep school around him where he's getting inferior coaching, which is hurting his development. So that's number one. Number two, he reclassifies the kid, decommits from Michigan State, and then goes to Memphis to be with Penny Hardaway. Here's my thing. Don't get me wrong. Penny played in the NBA, great player, whatever. Your kid needs to get tough. Your kid needs to break away from you. Send him to Izzo. Have Izzo develop him into being tough and having him basically... Turn into a boy from a boy to a man. That was a mistake. You could have sent him to the NBA, G League, have him get tough after he get reclassified, get better coaching. That didn't happen. You send him to Memphis. Word is the dad was a pain in the ass on the sidelines during practice, during games. And it was clear watching him play at Memphis, he wasn't ready. The hype wasn't real. He was surrounded by inferior contact. At the grassroots program, the the BS prep school that was built around him, and he just wasn't ready, and he needs to get better coaching. Now, with him going to Eastern Michigan, this is a wake-up call. This was the only program that wanted him. As crazy as it sounds, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was being dubbed the next Kevin Durant, 
And this is the only school that wants him is Eastern Michigan, a bottom feeder in the MAC. He's going to be playing at in his hometown of Ypsilanti, Michigan. But the thing is this. He needs to get coaching. And with his dad being there, I don't know if he's going to get the coaching. Right now, this kid's goal isn't to play in the NBA. It's to get coaching and develop the game he needs to hopefully have a professional contract. This is no gimme for this kid to make it to the NBA. And this should serve as a warning side to all those helicopter parents out there. Let the coaches coach. Just let the coaches fucking coach. You don't need to be be a helicopter parent and ruin your kids' development. And that's what Papa Bates did to EB. He ruined his development because this kid had potential with his frame and his size. But now he's going to be lucky if he makes it in the league. And I don't know if going to Eastern was the best place for him. I don't know if the coach is going to be able to push the old man away and to give his kid space so he can get the coaching. So he can take that next step. So hopefully he can realize his dreams. It's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens with EB. And don't get me wrong. I'm always rooting for kids. I hope he can figure it out. Now let's jump right into the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit of the NBA. Before we bring Dylan on the show, I just want to talk about this Katie knows. Here is the story that I was told. Thursday, I get an alert that Patty Mills isn't re-signing. He's opting out. That kind of got my head thinking, why would Patty Mills be opting out if Kyrie's coming back and Durant is is there? I texted my buddy who is in the know in the NBA, and he told me this is the first, what is it, the first pawn to move. Stuff is going to be happening. KD is going to demand a trade. I texted another guy. He told me the same thing. He told me that KD wants to be traded, that he wants to win a ship because he doesn't like the way he's being painted in the spotlight. So then he told me that the deal is he wants to go to Phoenix or Miami, which has been confirmed by Wojo. Now, the deal I'm hearing for Phoenix is, now this is per my source, Cam Johnson, Bridges, Aiton, and multiple picks. Because the Suns want to keep Booker and Paul to go with KD. That, that's their idea. And they feel that they, they can win a goal. They win it. They obviously don't want to trade Booker. Booker, 25 years old. You don't want to trade him for an aging Durant. Durant, 34, started to look old at the end of the season. Now, on the flip side, for Miami... Uh, Jimmy Butler would be included in the deal, which isn't that bad. You throw in Butler, maybe Tyler Hero, something like that to get to get KD. So yeah, KD is on his move. I, like I said, this was a late-breaking story on Thursday. Myself and Sterling from Silver Star Sports will dive more into the Durant stuff during the live ETOF 2-1 Sports Show on Tuesday. More stuff will be breaking. I'll have more more news to report and where I think he'll go or give you my thoughts on the trade. So now I want to welcome Dylan to the show so we can talk about what else has been going on during the NBA offseason. It's been a crazy week in the NBA. I kind of like how the NBA doesn't sleep. And who better to come on and talk about the business part of the NBA season than my boy Dylan, 
who has rebranded himself. He is the sports enthusiast now. Yes, I am. Yeah, I figured um, I kind of need to change just to like have a more common name. So when people look it up or people see it, it's more of a clean design and uh, kind of easier to say and um, more recognizable, I think. Okay. All right. Well, we have big news. Um, kind of feel since we should, this literally just happened before we jumped on. We were recording this on Wednesday evening. Um, those that are listening on the pod, you know, it's Friday, so some stuff can happen. And the first kind of big chip, and we'll talk about that, is Murray to the Hawks. Now, why don't you tell me your take on that? Yeah, so I really thought that um, I was just kind of unsure why the Spurs would be doing this. He's such a great young player coming off a fantastic season in which he was an all-star. I personally believe he should have been an all-star starter. But um, that didn't happen. Um, I mean, to only give up three first-round picks in Gallinari, I believe Gallinari is on an expiring. Only give that up for a great slasher, facilitator, and a fantastic defender to put alongside Trey Young, who can now play a little bit off-ball, I think is a fantastic fit. I mean, the three first-round picks is something that um, Spurs fans could look forward to. But it's just like they have so many young guys on that Spurs roster that they have to hit like something big. And I don't know if these Hawks – I believe it's a, there's one Charlotte pick in 2023. Didn't look at the rest of the picks, to be honest. But um, if they're Hawks picks, they're not going to be great picks. So this is, this is my thing with it, okay? Now, you and I can both agree when it comes to organizations, the Spurs are a world-class organization. They're on top of their stuff, right? Absolutely. 2021, 68 games. 2020, 67. 2019, 66. 2018, 3. That's when he suffered the ACL tear the year mm-hmm. before he played 81. It just seems to me that, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I understand, like, next year's draft class is supposed to be, like, insane and everything. And they have that one kid that everyone's talking about whose name I'm totally spacing on. Um, talking about the uh, French kid? Yeah. Uh, it's a, Yama. Yeah, he's yeah. – I think he's personally, in my opinion, he's, like, a better version of Chet. But, like, I mean, it's kind of like – you know what I mean? Like, you know – you're going all in and we've seen how these kids, like some of them don't make it. It's a huge gamble in my mm-hmm. head to like, yeah, I, if they truly are tanking. And then there was that thing where um, pop came out and he said, I don't want to tank. I can't tell my kids to tank. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think they're tanking or do you think there's like more to this than meets the eye? I think there's more to it personally. Um, I think that they're going to – I believe they do have some cap space, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe they move Maybe they move Galnar with one of those picks that they got. I mean, it's only an expiring, so someone might just take it, thinking that they could get a, a nice little wing. But I, I certainly do think there's more, um, more moves coming because they just have a plethora of pretty decent young guys. I think, I think we could see a trade, maybe a John Collins or who knows. I mean, there has to be – has to be something in the mix you know what i mean like i don't know it just seems it just seems awful weird to me that you're gonna tank 
and you're going to throw that kid away. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, I absolutely agree. I I don't think um, Pop's in any in for anything that involves tanking. I mean, if it if the Spurs really wanted to tank, I think they would tell him, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna tank," and he'd probably leave. That that's my thoughts. And like, the, I think the thing that happens for the Hawks side of the ball is a they they kept John Collins, which I think is pretty big. Yeah. Um, they get Murray. That allows Young to play off the ball. Not seriously, allows Young to be hidden on defense, which I, which I think is huge. Yeah, it's massive. But the I stop talking my hands. The main thing is they need Trey Young has to be willing to play with off the ball. Mm. He, that's what I you know what I mean. He needs to be willing to play off the ball. Do you believe that Trey Young will look in the mirror and say, "Hey"? I need to play off the ball. I'm willing to do this. Or will his ego get in the way? I think he certainly could. I mean, we saw this with Luca last year, actually, with uh, whether it be Brunson or Dinwiddie. He didn't always play on the ball. Sometimes it was if Dinwiddie was a hot hand in certain moments, they'd give it to Dinwiddie. If Brunson was a hot hand in certain moments, they'd give it to Brunson. So I think it'll certainly take some time to start off. But I think Treyong's such a great player. And I think he'll personally realize that this is better for him and his game as well as the team. See, you're a bigger Trey Young guy than I am. I'm not. I'm not hyping the. I'm not buying the hype that he's going to be willing to bay off the ball. I mean, yeah. we saw it when Brogdon was getting his in the NBA playoff. Young was still forcing stuff. I don't know if Young has it in his mindset. I know he tweeted that out. Hey, I really want to win a championship. Okay, that's great, kid. But you're going to have to change the way you want to play if you actually want to win a championship. So that's kind of like my one worry with with this whole thing working is Young is going to have to be willing to play without the ball a little bit. And I don't know if he'll do that. I mean, that's that's my thing. Do you think do you think he'll take a look in the mirror and say, hey, I have to play off the ball? I think I think he will. Um I mean, personally, obviously, we don't know Trey Young. We don't we don't know what his thoughts are on this, but he seems he seems pretty happy with the Murray. Um Murray edition. And I think that a lot of players that like it will happen at some point. And sometimes it happens faster for others. But personally, I believe Trey Young will do this. And I think he's just a fantastic player that he'll he'll just sit back and realize like Murray's going to help me in so many different ways and it'll take off so much pressure, so much pressure off of me. And I think it'll it'll click like, man, this game's like a lot easier now that I don't have to bring out the ball every single play and I don't have to make everything happen for my team. So I think I think it'll definitely work out. Now, do you think they're done? The Hawks are done. I don't think so, because now you've got Bogdanovich. Where do you bring him off the bench? You've got Collins is still up in the air, whether they, whether or not they want to bring him back. I've heard some Capella rumors. So I certainly do not think they are done. No. Okay. Um. Now, what about a DeAndre Aiken to the Hawks for Clint Capella and draft picks? I really don't like that because I personally I'm not a big fan of DeAndre Aiden, and you've heard a ton of things about him having not a great motor and Capella provides so much more defensively I believe than Aiden does Aiden I believe is a, like he he's a solid defender he's not gonna get he's not gonna give you what like a Capella brings like he, he'll be fine I guess 
but they need that guy to anchor the back end of that um, that defense. And I think Capella's a good fit for him. I wouldn't really go to look and ship him off. Oh, okay. Now, do you think? Also, this also I think this turn this seriously since this is mainly a got a gambling prog- podcast. We do focus on gambling here. I think this there's going to be value on Bogey to be sixth man of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think Bogdanovich, um, whether he stays or not, he's he's a good ball handler. He can create a little bit for himself as well. Um, but his main thing, he's a good shooter. Now, whether you play him on the floor with um, as the first guy on the floor with uh, or first, excuse me, first guy off the bench, whether you put him with Trey Young, you put him with Murray, it'll it'll make things a lot easier for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great. I think I think for the Hawks it could possibly work. Um, they kept Collins, right? Which I think is big. I, I'm a fan of John Collins. However, if something goes a wire, you still have that asset with Collins where you can trade him, mm-hmm. so you can still kind of make a move to make this right. Uh, Spurs, I, I think the Spurs are going total tank, dude. I think they're just because they're kind of I call it the Orlando Magic Zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. kind of in that zone where like you're never getting past the second round. And I think they're just kind of doing a hard reset. Lonnie Walker didn't pan out. He's gone. Um, Murray, I think they kind of, they keep him. That's kind of like their ceiling would be the second round. You know, you put him with a, another asset, but with how the NBA is, you need depth and you need that lightning. Oh, sorry. Lightning in the bottle player. And I just don't think, with how the Spurs were going, they weren't going to have it. Yeah, exactly. Like they've been picking towards the back end of the lottery or not even in the lottery. Yeah. Um, And you just can't find superstar. I mean, not saying it can't happen because they certainly did that when finding uh, Kawhi Leonard after trading for him back. I believe it was like a little bit more than 10 years ago now at this point. Um, So you certainly can find superstars, but you have to have a top five pick or so. In yeah. order to find that guy who's just going to completely turn turn your franchise around, or you, or you have to hit the lotto with Giannis or Leonard. Yeah, exactly. Like it's picks. it's very rare, but yeah, but you have like, to hit the lotto with one of those later picks, which yeah. we all know is very hard to do. Um, now the next thing we have to talk to, and you know, I'm sorry to do this to you, man, because you're <sighs> you're a nice guy. It's painful. Four years, buck ten. For Jalen Brunson. That's just now here's my thing. Don't get me wrong. Brunson, you know, great kid, you know, mm-hmm. like literally grew like went to high school down the road from where I am right now in the suburbs of Chicago. Literally right there. Great kid. Won a title with Nova. You know, did great stuff for for Dallas. Yeah. And I can't knock the guy for taking that deal. I mean, hell, if someone was to offer me that, I'd take it. But, you know, with my dad, who I'm close to, being the assistant coach, but that just seems like way too much money. This isn't moving the thing. And the thing I tweeted out, and I wanted to get your opinion, was now you have three players, all left-handed, basically play the same way, with only one of them being able to play off the ball. Yeah, it's this is not ideal whatsoever. Personally, what I thought was going to happen was okay. Let's see. Let's say the Knicks ended up getting um, Brunson, and I thought maybe like it could have gotten Murray because I thought that would have been a nice backcourt fit because 
Brunson's shown some ability to hit some hit some threes, and I think he could be a nice off-ball player. Um, but to have him as the lead guard, I don't think he's going to be the seven-assist guy with the Knicks, especially since they don't have any knockdown shooters, like you said. So yeah. when you don't have any knockdown shooters, you're you're the main you're the main guy now. You are probably the second in line now because I don't think I don't think um, the Knicks truly view RJ Barrett as like this sensational talent, even though I think he's personally the best player on the team. The, yeah. the just I, it's just yeah. so hard. It's it's brutal. You guys are screwed. And well, the, really thing, the thing that the thing that I don't get is why did you tr- you you gave up a lot man like you gave up like a lot to make this move and it's just for Jalen Brunson I know I, I don't get it it's, I mean, this happens all the time with, with the Knicks and you're stockpiling first round picks like you're tanking like mm-hmm. I don't know it doesn't make sense um you know I I like I personally like the kid from Memphis I think he's good Duran, the the one you traded to the Pistons. Durant, yep. I, yeah, like I think Duran's gonna be. I think Duran's um, gonna be a star. I mean, he's got an NBA body already. As yeah. a, what an 18, 19 year old, he's he's gonna be incredible. Yeah, I I, I think that was a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. I think trading that kid from France, that you traded OKC, is gonna be a mistake. Um, I just think you guys did some stuff that, you know, I'm just sitting back and I'm looking at it. Let's just let me let me look at my phone right now, and I'm just gonna say the teams in the Eastern conference real quick for argument's sake. And you tell me with looking at what the, um, the Knicks have, mm-hmm. if you think that they are going to be able, they're, they're better than this team in the East. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, Heat. No chance. Celtics. Nope. Bucks. Nope. 76ers. No. Raptors. Nope. Bulls. No. Nets. No. Hawks. No. Cavs. Nope. Hornets. No. Um, I think there's a lot of moves to be made for the Hornets this year. So I'm going to wait and see, but probably no. If they keep their rosters what it is today, no. So right there, you have all the teams in the play. Like that, that was the top, yeah. that, that was the top 10 teams. And we need to remember, A, you know, God only knows what's going to happen with the Nets. We don't know. You know what I mean? We don't know what's going to yeah. happen what, what's going to happen with them. Cavs were a top four team in the East before they got bit by the injury bug. Don't know what's going to happen with them. Pistons are a young, exciting team. I think the Pistons are going to make the playoffs this year. I at, mean, the, at the very least, the play-in. I think that I think they're going to be so great this year. Wizards, you know, are allegedly getting Beal back. Um, they added Monte Morris and Will Barton. They got Porzingis. They got some scores, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a nice team they're building there. You know, they got me, the they get the um, Hachikorm, the guy that used to play on yeah, yeah. The guy that used to play on Zags, who's always hurt. They got him. They they got you know, they got they got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, God only knows what's going on with the magic. Um, you know, because they got um Jalen Suggs, uh Victor, Anthony, yeah. Bancaro, Isaac. Yeah, they're, they're a very young team. Um but I mean like they they're in an interesting team. place too because they need to decide what to do with Mobamba, mm-hmm. what to do with Jonathan Isaacs. They drafted this kid from Duke. They kind of have a log jam. And the thing that I heard 
was home ground, and I found this very interesting. Chuck Holmberg did his first workout with the Thunder. Thoroughly mm-hmm. impressed with the Thunder, you know. And then he started talking to the Magic. And what I heard is he completely half-assed the warm-up because he didn't want to go there. And he wanted to go to OKC instead. And when yeah. you think about that, you played high school ball with their starting point guards. You already have, you know what I mean? You already have something going there. So I don't know. I just found that really telling about the state of the magic. But back to our point about the Knicks, I don't think this would make them better. I don't think, at best, I think this gets them into the plan. Mm. And this is supposed to be the mecca. You know what I mean? So- yeah, nobody wants to play here. We can't attract any stars. And back to your thing I wanted to add about um Jang. I'm so happy for Usman Jang that he's not a Nick because his development would have, as a player would have been completely derailed with Tibbs coaching him. He hates young players. He hates projects. Anyone that's going to take any sort of time to develop won't play. They'll, they'll spend the year in Westchester. Which is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm I'm so thankful for um, the Knicks trading him. I, I think he's going to be great in OKC. I mean, let's just look at their roster: Randall, Barrett, Fournier, D Rose, Cam Reddish, quickly, Obi Toppin. God only knows what they're going to do with Mitchell Robinson. Looks like they'll probably have to re-sign him now. Yep. Uh, Taj Gibson, um, uh, Miles McBride, Jericho Jackson. Sims. And Quentin Grimes. Mm. That's not it, dude. No, it's not good. And the problem is we have so many young guys towards the bottom of this roster, and we can't figure out whether they're good or not because we don't play them. And it's just like, why waste your time with holding on to these players if you're never going to figure out if they're good or not? Like, quickly and Toppin looked great in, in, um, in spurts last year. And they'll probably just go back to the bench again because the only reason they played was because we were completely out of things. And I'll say this, you guys got, you guys made a mistake by draft, by trading for Reddish. I'll tell you that right now. I have a guy that runs a camp where a top of the, my buddy of mine with top of these top high school kids go and his comment about Reddish. And this is all I needed to go about him. Anytime it was a skill work, he was always injured. When it was time to play, his injury was miraculously healed. That tells me all I need to know about him. Yeah, I, I hope we ship him off. Like, it's not even worth it. Because, I mean, like, let's say, like, okay, Reddish may not care about basketball. We can't even, like, pump his value or anything in these games because, he A, he doesn't want to play. B, we don't we don't play him. It, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. We're just a complete mess. Knicks have right? absolutely no direction. I think, I think this front office and the head coach will be gone at the end of the year. I think they're going to clean house. You guys are a shit show. I don't mean to be a dick. But you, my friend, are a shit show. I I am a very truthful Knicks fan, and being truthful as a Knicks fan really hurts because you see all these Knicks fans, you know, hype them up to do this, that, the other thing every year, and it just never happens. And I now now you see why because they just have no direction from from the top down. Now another move, and I I you know what I kind of like this move for the Nugs. Mm-hmm. Um, long it, it basically was Morris and Burton will, will the thrill for KCP. I kind of like this move for the Nuggets just because with Murray coming back, Porter coming back, I really don't think the way uh Will and more sorry, Will the Thrill and Monte Morris played really work in 
they needed that three and D guy, the guy that can defend, knock down the three. You put it in there with Aaron Gordon. Now you got two very good defenders. Um, I, I think that's kind of a sneaky, now assuming Murray and Porter are healthy, under the radar move by the Nuggets. Yeah, I think KCP is a nice fit. Um, personally, I think they could have gotten a little bit more value out of Monte Morris because I think he's a very capable backup point guard and he could be a starting point guard like he showed last year with the Nuggets. I think he's a really solid um, young player. And yeah. I have to agree with you, though. Um, I think clearing the cap space, first of all, I think they cleared about like $5 million in cap space by making that move. Um, and getting and getting KCP, who's a solid defender, good three point shooter, will fit will fit very nicely in a not too uh, to a pretty uh, excuse me pretty ball dominant um, core with Jokic, Murray, and Porter. Yeah, I, I I like that move a lot. I think it's going to pan out. And if the Nuggets can stay healthy, I think they're going to be a sneaky team in the West. Um, Absolutely. Last week. At this time, everyone was giving out their NBA grades. I just kind of want to go through and, you know, let's just kind of get your reaction on the first five picks. And then if any picks stood out, you can mention them, any teams, you know, just kind of, we'll just kind of run through it real quick. Um, Magic drafted Banchero, the kid from Duke. What did you think of that pick? Yeah, so I think he's the most NBA ready player. And I, I know a ton of people have said this. They need solidified, like, star or just a very good player they have a bunch of like i feel like what ifs on this roster and even though i personally believe jabari Jabari smith is the best player in this class i don't know if he would have been a great fit with the magic and i i really like bancaro's game i think he's a um he's a very good ball handler got great footwork for his size i think it'll be a good pick now what about chet going to the thunder personally i'm not a huge fan of chet and I don't love the fit with the Thunder just because they have they have Pokashevsky. I don't know what he is. I mean, he's like a forward center hybrid kind of thing. And they completely missed on him. So I don't know if that goes along goes to show that their development development's not great with guys like that. I don't really know. But Chet's a, a really good defender. I'm praying that he stays healthy because if he's healthy, I think he'll be a good player. But that really concerns me, his frame. And he's a he's a good ball handler and he's a good shot maker for his size. The thing I like is he wanted to go there. And yeah. I really feel like him wanting to be there is gonna help. And I think I'll say it right now, if the Thunder tank again this year, Adam Silver has to do something. They have the pieces, they need to start have they need to start competing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um your boy Smith going to the Rockets. Um, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Uh, him, Porter, Green, the kid from Turkey. They're kind of getting something going there if these guys pan out. Yeah, I mean, the shooting duo of Green and Smith is going to be something that I think we we're, we're, we haven't seen in a minute. I mean, the uh, – the Rockets have a really nice young core. I'm a big fan of Shangoon. I know we talked about this last year. I think he can be a really solid center in the NBA. And Kevin Porter Jr. is probably one of the more uh, underrated point guards slash shooting guards in the entire league. I think that's probably overshadowed by his character concerns, but I think he's a really good player. I mean, not to, not to also mention that they have um, Tari Eason now, who I, 
huge fan of. I think he's a great defensive player. And they also got a Ty Ty Washington later in the draft. I think this is going to be a very, very exciting team. This is going to be a league pass team. You're, you're calling league pass right now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you see, okay, interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, Next team. Now, this is kind of where the draft kind of went off key. I've heard that the Kings really wanted to trade this pick to get somebody that could come in and help one right away because they feel they need to – They, you know what I mean? They feel they need to go after it. They feel they need to get in the playoffs. Absolutely. Couldn't get any takers or they're asking too much, one of the two. And they drafted Keenan Murray from Iowa State. What yeah. do you think of this pick? Um, do you think this is more of, hey, I have Fox – I have the Mitchell, the kid from Baylor. I have my backcourt set. I don't want to do the same thing I did last year and make it a crowded backcourt. I have my mm-hmm. scouting backcourt. So I'm passing on Jaden Ivory. I'm just gonna go with with Murray who can play, who can who can stretch, stretch and play the, the front. Yeah, personally, I think this is a horrible decision by the Kings. I mean, Murray's a great fit. Don't get me wrong. This was probably one of the better spots for him because I feel like he fits a well, fits really well with Sabonis, who's really a um post-centric player and Murray can kind of stretch the floor for that roster but I feel like Murray's just a jack-of-all-trades master of none I mean he had a great collegiate season I think he's a good defender he's just a good all-around player but I don't know if being good at everything and not having one great like elite skill can really transfer um, into the NBA I feel like guys like Jabari who's got a great shot Chet great shot blocker and um Ben Caro's got great footwork and um and ball handling skills. Like those things all translate to the league. I feel like Keegan Murray's just good at everything, not great. So I don't know if that's that's going to help him um right away. I think he's gonna have a very slow start. And I really just think that the Kings just showed a complete lack of um competency. Cause the Knicks wanted that pick so badly from what I've been hearing to in order to jump in front of the Pistons to take Ivy. I'm sure they offered at least like two to three firsts. I, I know that maybe you couldn't get the win. But they probably the wanted like Barrett. They you, not maybe not even Barrett. They probably you know what I mean? They probably wanted they wanted something the Knicks wouldn't give up. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean like, why would the Knicks trade Barrett? That's like their only yeah. trade trade like um only starting point really for this rebuild this so-called rebuild he's really he's the he is the guy as of right now that we're really leaning on if we want to have this um young core that we're supposedly building um i i just i just don't get what the kings are doing like it's it's them every year they always mess us up every year i don't get it now next one my boys (laughs) My boys, we have a six, two six six guys in the backcourt now. We have a guy who actually want. We have two guys now, back to back drafts with two guys wanting to play for Detroit, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. I love this pick. I think he's going to be better with the ball in his hands, attacking the rim than people realize. I think Cade's going to do a great job of getting him in position to score and knock down the jump shot. He's big. He's physical. I really like this move by the Pistons. I think it's a great pick, and I think it's better they even trade him. I absolutely agree. I think this is a home run. I mean, 
I think teams are seriously going to regret not picking him in the top two to three. I think he's going to be that good. I think he's he's going to be an all-star in his first three years. I would not doubt that from him. I think he's going to be a superstar, especially next to Cade. That's a great fit because I feel like Cade is a very relaxed player. You know, he'll take his time. More of a finesse player where Ivy's kind of changes speeds very quick, will get to the basket, throw down on people. I just I just love this backcourt. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. I think it's a I think it's a great pick. I think it's a phenomenal pick. So um now this is where the draft kind of, you know, we did the top five. You know, just kind of looking over, is there any other picks that kind of stood out to you? that, hey, I really like this pick, and if so, why? Yeah, so I really love the Dyson Daniels selection to the Pelicans. That I believe it was number eight. Mm-hmm. I think Daniels has an NBA-ready game. He just looks like a very good, clean player, good rebounder, got, has really good vision. His shot um, could certainly get better, but I don't think he needs to worry about that right away because I feel like he can fit in to this Pelicans roster and not have to worry about that because he's got good shot makers like um, – McCollum, Ingram, even even Valanciunas can can stretch it a little. So I think he's a perfect plug and play player for this Pelicans team. Yeah, I think that's an interesting pick by them. I like that a lot. Um, you know, my pick. I'm going to go a little deeper down the board to pick mm-hmm. 15. Uh, Hawks had no size; they constantly got killed in the glass. The fact they're able to get Williams, the kid from Duke. Great rim protector. He's going to be able to protect the rim when Rozier or Ball, because those guys really aren't great on the ball defenders. They'll be he'll be mm-hmm. able to pick up for what they lack. Uh, great in the pick and roll finishing. I think it's a great pick. And you got him at fifteen. I mean that yeah. that like for me that is a great pick for the Hornets. Um, plus they got Steve Clifford there. I think Clifford's going to be able to um, develop him nicely. And when we're talking about the Hornets. Real quick, A, what do you think about Atkinson getting hired, then leaving, and then bringing back Steve Clifford? Like, what do you think, and what do you think of all that? Yeah, so first I want to touch on um, the Mark Mark Williams selection. I think that's a great fit. Like you said, he'll be great in the pick and roll and great for their um, rim protection, which is something they've desperately needed and looked for for the last handful of years. Um, As far as Atkinson – not deciding to go to this team. I think it's because, I mean, and I love LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges, great players, but I don't know if they're all in, like, as basketball players. Like, they just seem to be very, like, involved in off-the-court things, whatever it may be. And I don't know if Atkinson's willing to tarnish his reputation um, to just go coach there. And I also believe that he might have gotten promised the job of – um head coach for the Warriors if Steve Kerr does, in fact, retire in the next couple of seasons? Here's my thing. And it kind of goes in the same thought process as yours. Most coaches get two chances. And if this doesn't work out, I think Atkinson was like, hey, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I'm done. I'm not going to be able to coach again. Mm -hmm. And I think he saw like, hey – you know, I think he talked to Ball and kind of see saw how tough Ball was going to be. I think he saw that Instagram post with Miles Bridges. Oh, and he's just kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm out. And then you get 
Steve Clifford coming in there, who's like a retread, but he's like a retread because he used to coach there. Yeah. You know, that's just something. And I started thinking it. I know Brian Hill in the late, mid-90s, he got fired by the Magic, then he went back to the Magic. That's the only time I can remember it. So I, it's that was an interesting hire, no? Yeah, I think it was really interesting. I believe that was like kind of the last time that the Hornets were a solidified playoff team, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's back when they had Walker, Al Jefferson. If Am I, am I right? Yeah, they had um, Al Jefferson um, and Kemba. Marvin Williams. Yeah, that that was a solid team. And I think that they they kind of need that veteran voice in the room, a guy who's kind of been proven. I mean, even though he's not a fantastic coach, they need someone who's going to kind of take the young guys under his wing, you know, and get, just get them get them in line. And I think he can certainly do that. I'm not a huge fan of the hiring just because, you know, he's already been there, done that. I'd like to see them go with a different veteran voice or veteran presence. I don't know if it was necessarily out there. But I don't think it's a bad hire. Not at all. Now, another pick. And you know what? It's just one of those things that sometimes it's – I. It kind of pisses me off because it's the same thing in the NFL. You have certain teams, the Saints, that players just happen to fall in their laps. And the since they're such a well-run organization, the players are going to get time. Mm-hmm. They're going to get time to develop. The Warriors drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr., who is projected as a top five pick. Granted, he played for his old man at uh, University of Milwaukee this year. Got hurt, stuff obviously didn't pan out the way he envisioned it. But in terms of developmenting, developing his game, and seeing if he's really, truly all that, this is probably the best spanning, landing spot. And the Warriors got a guy who, this time last year, was a top five projected top five pick. Yeah, I mean, to think that this team could potentially even get better in a, cu- a couple of years down the line is crazy to me. To have a young core that looks like Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., who I think will really play nicely alongside Kaminga at the four spot because Kaminga's not the greatest shooter in the world, but Kaminga's a great defender, gritty, um, good rebounder. All Patrick Baldwin's got to do is really just let it fly. And I think this this Warriors team, I'm, I didn't even mention a Wiseman at the five potentially. I yeah, mean, I mean, they're just – it's just amazing to me. And it just shows you, like, when you're a well-run organization, stuff falls in your lap. Yeah. And that's what ha- is happening with the Warriors. Um, Now, is there any other picks that you like or didn't like really looking at it? Yeah, so a pick I really liked, and I kind of want – if the Knicks were to stay at 11, I would have liked to seen uh, – either Ochai Agbaji to the Cavs at 14. I would have loved to see Agbaji in New York. And I would have loved to see an A.J. Griffin who went 16 to Atlanta um, with the Knicks. So I'm going to talk about Agbaji first. Agbaji is a potentially great 3 and D player, I believe, but I feel like he's just scratching the surface of what he can truly become. I mean, he doesn't have a great handle right now, not a great shot creator, but I feel like if he develops that, he can be a really, really good 3 and D wing. Um, now I have to say it. I don't mean to sound like a homer. Mm. I just love the fact the Pistons were able to get Jalen Duran at 13. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, I I completely agree with you with 
Abachi. I think he's I think he's going to be a legit player in the NBA. Um, I don't think he's going to be an all-star by any means, but I think he's going to – I'm trying to think of somebody that's like a comparable player to him. Um, but I think he's going to be that guy that can consistently get you 17 points and just knock down jumpers. You know what I mean? Nothing flashy about his game. But by the time you look up at the box score, he's got 17 points. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that's a quiet 17. Yeah, so, he's just – yeah, he's he's got – He's got the makes of what could be like a really, really good three and D wing at some point. Like I, and I think the Cavs were probably the perfect spot for him because yeah. you see, you see Okoro, he really hasn't panned out. I feel like Agbaji will be what Okoro was supposed to be. I, I think it's a great pick, and you know, I, like I said, uh, you mentioned AJ Griffin. He kind of fell a little bit. That kind of surprised me a little bit. He yeah. fell all the way down to sixteen uh, to the Hawks. You know, but it's just my my. My thing with the Hawks is this. How many wings do you need? You know what I mean? You 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 got uh DeAndre Hunter, you just traded for Murray, you got Herder, you got you know what I mean? It's like all you do is you just constantly have a lot of these wing players. You know, you gotta like, I don't know, it's you got Bogey. I didn't even mention Bogey, who I think is gonna win the sixth man. Um, I don't know, dude. Like, I just I like him. But I think in terms of landing spots for him, not necessarily the best. Hypothetically, let's say, because the Hornets are going to move on from Gordon Hayward, you know, him going to the Hornets, I kind of would have liked just because you have ball that can get you the ball. You have Rozier that that can get you the ball. Here, you're just going to be so buried in your limited time, I don't think he's going to get the court enough to develop his game. Yeah, the issue with the Hawks is I feel like they just keep swinging for the fences whenever they've been drafting these these wing-type players. When you see um, you had Griffin this year. I mean, you had Jalen Johnson last year who I, I – Oh, my God, I totally forgot about Jalen Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if he's going to become anything, but they just – and DeAndre Hunter a couple of years ago. I mean, I think Hunter was probably more a little bit more polished, but it, they, it was a big swing with the upside with him. And I think they're just trying to – swing for the fences, hope one of these guys turns out into a star. And I really think – I personally had uh, Griffin as a top-ten player on my draft board. The, his ability to just catch and shoot at an elite level above 40% as a fre- as a true freshman I think can be repeatable in the NBA. And I feel like there's just we're – not, we're not seeing yet what his potential as a, as a shot creator is because he was at Duke. I mean, he didn't really have to make his own shots. But his athleticism – and he's got a, he's got a nice handle to him. I think could really um, show in the NBA if he's given the playing time. But unfortunately, it was to the Hawks. Um, we'll, we would have really liked to seen him go somewhere else. Yeah, I just you know, like, like I said, I just think it's a bad move for the. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just I don't want to say a bad move, but I think it's a bad landing spot mm-hmm. for. Um, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So I just, I don't know. I think I, I don't think that it was the best spot where he could go. So uh, I don't know. You know, only time will tell. Um, you know, we mentioned DeAndre Hunter. Um, word on the street is, you know, who's actively pursuing DeAndre Hunter? Oh, you ready for this bad boy? Yeah. Boom. Tell me tell me what you think of this bad boy. 
it would be it would be the hunter going to the bucks like the bucks like trading like it would be hill or or allen and then just a buttload of picks like they do yeah i mean i don't know what to think of this because i feel like there's still something there with hunter he just can't oh my god like but my point is this you put hunter like with middleton Giannis, true holiday you know what i mean like yeah there no one will score on that team no that one. is just absolutely and me being a being the bucks guy i i think that's a great move um mm-hmm. i think that'd be a phenomenal move um you know i tend to sometimes be a little bit of a debbie downer i tend to be a little bit of a negative nancy you know there are a couple tricks a couple picks you know really not that big of a fan of um don't get me wrong i love colorado state i love my mountain west basketball but david david rowney going to memphis mm-hmm. and then memphis giving up melton to get him not really yeah, a big yeah. fan of that not really a big fan of that for that that move for them i think it's a great move for the sixers to add some bench stuff melon can come off the bench, you know, get that scoring, or he can just start at point if Harden, you know, takes the night off. So I, I really like that play for the 76ers. Grizzlies, not as much. Um, I mean, this is one of your guys, and I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, dude. I am not the biggest Johnny Davis guy. Um, I really yeah. don't like I really don't like him being drafted to the Wizards, him being drafted 10 overall. We kind of saw like him struggle last year toward the end of the season when it was established he was the dude. I just don't think against elite defenders he's going to struggle. They just draft, they drafted basically the same player last year when they drafted the kid from Gonzaga, whose name I'm spacing on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not a not a big fan. Not just don't like the pick. Don't like the pick, and I'm really not a not a fan of Davis at this next level. Yeah. So. Um... To go back to David Roddy real quick, I just don't see a spot for him in the league. He's just too weird of a player for me. He's not a guard. He's not a forward. Not in great basketball shape. He's not going to blow by anyone. He's an overrated playmaker, in my opinion. So I'm not a big fan of him. I think he'll be out of the league in a couple of years. And to go with um, what you're saying about um, Johnny Davis, it's just like, why would they draft him? I'm a, I, I like Johnny Davis, too. But, like, why would they draft him if they really didn't think that Bradley Beal wanted out? Because it, what it sounds like is Beal's going to come back. So what are they going to do now that Beal's back and he's their first-round pick, a top-ten pick, is just going to be sitting there doing nothing for more than half of the season? Like, I don't really understand that. I mean, unless they plan to play Davis at the one, which I don't really see being a great idea because he's an okay ball handler and playmaker. But, like – Davis would have been so so good in so many other spots. I just don't don't get why the Wizards. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling move. Um, you know, drifting down to the second round, couple couple ones did kind of kind of pan out for me. That kind of stuck out. Uh, I think Matt Max Christie, if he can develop a shot, um, not not really necessarily a shot because he is a good shooter, but just kind of being a more reliable scorer. Yeah, yeah, being great, pick up, yeah. great pick by the Lakers. Good defender. I like that pick a lot. Uh, Jaden Hardy was getting first round buzz. Kings were able to swoop him up at 37. Yeah, I think they ended up actually uh, trading that pick to they the Mavericks. So I, I don't know. The they, King, I don't know what the Kings are thinking. He would have been a perfect fit alongside De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion. I 
not really sure what they're thinking. The Pellies got EJ Liddell at 41. I thought that was guy that should have gone first. I think that's a great pick for them. Uh-huh. Um, another one that um, kind of stuck out to me is I got two more that kind of stuck out to me was um, Isaiah Mobley to the Cavs. Uh, I heard now this is this is this is what I heard. It could be wrong. Mm. Could not be right. This was the first time that Evan Mobley didn't have anyone from his family around him. And he was kind of like, I don't want to use the term struggling, but you know what I mean? He was kind yeah. of like having a hard time adjusting. His older brother being there, I think, will help him and will actually help him with his development and having the right frame of mind off the court. I'm not saying he was partying a lot, but I'm just saying, like, you know, and you're going to be in that stage of your life too. When you go somewhere and you don't know somebody, it's just hard. And I think having his brother there to help him at this stage of his life and kind of, you know what I mean? I think that's going to be a big one. And I don't necessarily know he's going to get on the court, but in terms of making your cornerstone of your franchise, your young guy, take his next level, I think it was a great pick. Um, And then drifting back to the Celtics, taking J.D. Davidson at 53. Low risk, high reward if he pans out. Yeah. Um, I'm personally I'm not a huge fan of Davison's game, but like you said, it was a swing for the fences. He can't really shoot the ball, so I don't really know why. 53, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean it's I don't, 53. So it's like you look what's on the board, you have a guy that could develop into something, and you my my thing is this is you look the Celtics really their shooting coach is phenomenal. You, you look at what they've done with Smart, Jalen Brown shot, Tatum shot, all those guys that have gone there, their shot has gotten better. So yeah. I guess my point, it's like, I understand what you're saying, like you don't like them, but the, the Celtics track record of developing, it's a low risk, high reward. You know what I mean? Like he has, he's more athletic than, play, than, than Pritchard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not, it's not even close. It's night and day. Davidson could jam over dudes like it's no problem i mean my only thing was there's a uh keon ellis his teammate actually at alabama yeah i think would have been a really great fit with the celtics i feel like the celtics are kind of lacking those shooting guard or combo guards that can really shoot it and and ellis was a great shooter at alabama last year and i really would have loved to seen him um go to the celtics at that spot now is there any other picks that like stood out to you or, you know, you're kind of like, what, you know what I mean? Kind of like a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. So I actually really loved the um, Andrew Nembhard pick to the Pacers at 31. So that was top of the second round. I thought he was a top 25 player possibly. And he's just going to come in like he, he might not be anything special, but I think he's going to be a very, very good playmaker. And, um, He's just got a very calm, cool, and collective game about him that I think he'll he'll step right into that Pacers backup role and be fantastic at it. Okay. Um, now, I guess, is there anyone else that kind of st- stood out? Or, or is there any picks? Because, dude, you're like – you're such a nice guy, man. I go on and I just bust people's asses. I say they suck. I say this pick is awful. What do you think? And you're always like so positive with everything. Is there any picks that you didn't mention that you don't not, are not a fan of? 
Yeah, I try I try to be positive. I mean, cuz if you look at the worst case scenario like all the time, I mean, it just kind of puts you in the dumps. So like I try to be like half glass full type of guy when it comes to some of these players or prospects cuz like if you're wrong if you're just completely wrong and you like just bash them, I feel like like if they just go out and be a superstar, you look really bad. But like if you're like, "All right, you're hyping them up, but you do it to everyone." Like you you look better, you know what I mean? Um but, like, if you said, like, any last guys that I like from the second round, I'd probably have to say Kennedy Chandler, another point guard, to the Grizzlies. I mean, they're going to lose Chias Jones most likely in free agency, who I think could be a starting point guard in the league. Um, Kennedy Chandler, although his size isn't great, and that's why he fell to the second round, he's a fantastic defender, great energy guy, fantastic finisher as well. I think he's got a nice shot. And you look at – um that Tennessee Michigan game in the tournament last year. And I watched that game very closely. Um, Chandler just backpacked that team. He, they, Tennessee should have had no chance against Michigan with the roster that they had last year. Yet Chandler's out there dropping like 20 points with no, with no effort whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, You know, a couple, couple other things that kind of, stood out you know if we're looking at the undrafted free agents um because there's always like always a diamond in the rough uh justin lewis natural score from marquette Mm -hmm. you know going to the bulls i think is a good pick for them um good pickup you know what i mean like if you i'm not i'm not saying this guy's good could be a starter but if you look for a guy that could come off average nine to 11 points off the bench 17 minutes i think he could do that um, I really like the Mavs getting Marcus Bingham from Michigan state seven foot guy. He can come in, you know, again, you know, he's backs up woods, you know, just we saw in the last year of the playoffs, not so much this year, but just having like some depth at the big helps a lot. I like that one. Um, O'Neal to the Lakers is kind of interesting. Did you see Shaquille O'Neal's quote? No, I didn't actually. What he was it? Says his son is Giannis Antetokounmpo with a jump shot. Hmm. I mean, if that was the case, then why didn't he play like wherever he went? I mean, I know he had that hard thing, unfortunately, but um, why why wouldn't he play at UCLA then or LSU or wherever he went? Exactly. Um, Pippen Jr. to the Lakers. I just don't think he's big enough. You know? Yeah, I, it's funny you say that. I saw Pippen Jr. just in person and. Um, when he played, he, he picked South Carolina apart, like in the first half, but then they just threw the double team on him and he did nothing. Yeah, like, he that's, was. that's my only concern with Pippen. But I feel like when you're on a team with LeBron and you're not going to see that attention, I think he could be a solid player. So as long as he'll be a role player, I think he can end up actually working out. Um, you know, a couple, couple other ones that kind of stood out for me, uh, Kenny Lofton Jr., Interesting guy, obviously a bigger dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can hit the three, he can go below, but with his size, I think he's going to be limited. But, you know, he's – him and Rodney kind of are the same dude to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the Grizzlies got both of them. But I like Lofton Jr. long-term more than I like Rodney. Me and you both. Yeah, I 100% agree. I honestly think, and um, this might be funny, pretty funny to say this, but I think he reminds me of like a, a smaller Zach Randolph, and like no wonder yeah. why the Grizzlies signed him. Like, I'm, 
I mean, Lofton's just a big, physical, hard-nosed player, but he can shoot. And Randolph hit had that uh, mid-range jumper in his game. So, I mean, I, I honestly like that pick. I I, okay. I I like that signing a lot. Uh, last two for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it, dude. Ron Harper Jr. to the Raptors. Raptors have a phenomenal player developmental system. Harper Jr. was able to get his kind of score as much. He's a big-time stormer, shot maker. Going into the developmental system of the Raptors, I think Harper can make a run in the league. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, Harper was just an absolute bucket at Rutgers. Um, now, I've heard he's gotten he's cut down a little bit, but that was a big issue to me was his playing weight. I think he was a little too heavy personally. But like you said, with the Raptors development team, anything's really possible, and I could definitely see that happening. Um, and then the last one for me, uh, it's getting size is such a premium in the league. Uh mm -hmm. And I don't even know if this guy, I don't even know, like, you don't know what's going to happen with Rudy Gobert. You don't know what's going to happen with the Jazz bringing in the new coach. But just having a seven-footer on the bench in Kofi, Cockburn, to the Jazz, I kind of like that. You know, he's behind Gobert. He's not going to have to start. He's, You know what I mean? Ten minutes a game, that's all you need from him. I, I kind of yeah, like exactly. that. Like, he's, a, he's a great post player. He's physically imposing. I mean, even though he's physically imposing at the college level, He's so big, he can be physically imposing at the NBA level. Like, you don't see bigs like that at that size do what he does very often. I think, I honestly think he should have gotten drafted, like, in somewhere late in the second round. I'm pretty surprised he went undrafted. Yeah. It's, and now, is there anyone I didn't mention for undrafted player signings that kind of stood out that you like? Yeah. So, I really, I was a huge fan of Travion Williams entering the draft, the, the big from Purdue, has fantastic vision. He can actually handle a little bit, which is pretty, which is pretty funny. And um, he's just a very, he's just a very good player, very skilled for a big guy. And the Celtics snatched him up, and I really think he could make an impact. Okay, right, yeah, he that's a, that's a sneaky thing because they definitely needed a back to the back to the basket score, as evident in the playoffs. Um, okay, any anything else? Any other players you want to touch on real quick? Um. Not that I can think of, no. Okay. Well, Dylan, I'd like to thank you for taking time out. It's going to be a hectic week coming up with free agency. I'm sure your pages are going to be on fire on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Eric. So I'm actually going to be posting my NBA offseason predictions tonight. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that. It'll be on my Instagram. I'll make sure I'll put it in my um in my Twitter, you can find me on Instagram at uh, the Sports Enthusiast, and for Twitter, you can find me at T Sports E. I had to switch it because it's already taken, unfortunately. Um, and I believe on TikTok, it's uh, the Sports Enthusiast one, so you can find me in all those places. Okay, Dylan, you have a great rest of your week. You know, enjoy the fourth, stay safe, my friend. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, we'll talk soon, buddy. Thanks for Dylan for coming on. Like I said, the Durant news happened before we recorded. That's why we didn't talk about it. Make sure you give him a follow on the Sports Enthusiasm. Great kid. Knows his stuff. Great follow. Give him a follow on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok. Now, let's have my boy Brandon come on the show and let's talk some NASCAR. What is up? It's that time of the podcast when we talk a little NASCAR and who else 
to come on and talk some NASCAR. Then Brandon, Boston Boy 83 on Twitter and Instagram. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good. Ready for some road course racing. Dude, road course is always fun. They're on Road America this weekend. Yes. What can you tell us about this track? It is not like your normal road course. I mean, you can kind of compare it out to Sonoma to where you do have ups and downs. You got some long straightaways. You only got a few passing zones. Um, There will be a lot of wrecks. There's not room to run too wide, really, anywhere except the straightaways here. So uh, the opening laps at, at the very beginning, at the beginning of each stage or any yellow flag will be interesting. You want your car up front. You want to keep it up front. And that's about all I got with that. You'll see a lot of guys who are trying to get a win. Go ahead and pit with three laps to go at the end of stage two to get out front for the final stage. So we'll see where the strategy comes in. I think you'll see a lot of the guys that already have their win in their pocket also pit because they're not worried about stage points right now. Um, So I think you're going to see most of whoever you see up front early is who's going to be up front at the end. So if you want to touch some live betting, I'd grab anybody in the top 10 throughout each stage. And this is race is in the hotbed, hotbed, excuse me, of Plymouth, Wisconsin. And here's the thing. I happen to be core the Illinois, Wisconsin border. Let me see how, how, oh. how Elkhart, Elkhart Lake is where they are. Oh, okay. To be exact. Let me see how far these bad boys are away from me. Ooh, only two hours. Ooh, maybe a nice little weekend activity for the kid. But moving on. Um, this race for me is tough. They've only raced here one time. So I just kind of looked at who has done well on road courses. That's kind of my strategy since there's That's a- all we can do this week. And because of that, I am only have two bets. My first bet, I you know, I took I and I hate in terms of guys I hate this guy of the NASCAR circuit, I hate the most. But I like to win money. I'm taking Kyle Larson plus 700 since 2019. He's been in 12 road courses. Everyone else has been in 14. Kyle, of course, had the suspension because he's a racist. Um, and he's won three out of four races, basically. So, you know what I mean? He's won a quarter of the ra- of the road races he's done, which that's incredible odds in my eyes. So I love that. He's led the second most laps. So he's run two less races than everybody else. And the only person that has led more, more road course laps than Kyle Larson is your boy Chase Elliott. Um, I mean, look, I if he had ran a full circuit, I think he'd be I think he'd be the best, have the best statistics at road course. Because of that, I'm taking Kyle Larson plus 700. I will back you on the second best driver. I usually don't like to go with somebody that just won last week. Kudos to my boy, but um, I will go five to one Chase Elliott to pull a back to back. Both him and Larson were dominating the last road course race a couple weeks ago. Chase with a pit road issue. Larson with bad pit strategy. But they were both up front, both consistent and driving away with the race when they were up front. So for you to grab Larson, I'm also grabbing Chase. It's not a bad bet either way you look at it. I mean, you both normally don't like to go with these low odds. But with a road course, you bet the guys that are good, which then I will segue 
into my second pick, sitting at 14 to 1, the Dinger. Another guy who dominates road courses. So if you guys can see the consistency here, you got Chase dominating road courses, Larson dominating road courses, and your next best guy to dominate a road course besides Truex sitting there at 12 to 1, I'm going with the Dinger at 14. Yeah, I like the Dinger a lot, um, which leads me to my bet. I found Dinger over Suarez at even money. Since 2019, Suarez has ran at 14 road courses, best finish 11th, average finish 23. Dinger, seven road courses in that time, one win, two top fives, three top tens, 18.9 average finish because he crashed in one of the road courses, so that kind of skewed his numbers. I love Dinger over Suarez at plus money. That is my second and final bet. I will, agree with, I will agree with you on that, and I want everybody to know, do not get suckered in into this Daniel Suarez at 14-1. to 1. He's not about to win another road course right now. Major props to him. We gave him plenty of kudos on our last show, but he's not going to grab a back-to-back road course. It's not happening. Um, my final bet is Austin Sindrick, also at 14-1. to 1. The man dominated in Xfinity. He was winning Coda last year, got caught up in some crap, but uh, I'm going with another valuable road course racer at 14 to one. Other than that, I don't want to sprinkle money on a Byron or even a Harvick at 28 to one. Like I'm sticking with the road course boys this week. And between those four guys, something's going to hit. So my thing is this Kyle 12 to one. Is that tempting to you? No. Truex 12 to one. Yes. Bell 14 to one. Possibly. Hamlin 14 to 1. No. Um, okay. If I no. had to throw if I had to throw a sleeper out there, okay, because you know we, we do this. Um, my boy Harrison Burton's not winning at 500 to 1, but I'm still grabbing him like I promised every week. Hmm. But Chase Briscoe at 28 to 1, who was winning the Indianapolis road course last year and got dumped by Hamlin who has done well at road courses. So if I had to go that high up in an odd, the only one that I'm looking at grabbing would be Chase Briscoe. So I looked at, when I was looking at the driver's averages, and I'm pulling this up on my phone right now, so excuse me. um, There was one driver who, it kind of surprised me with how he's been doing at road courses. And I'm pulling this up right now as we speak. And I wanted to get your... Eric Jones? It is not Mr. Jones. You know, I got burned by the Jones train last week. I will not be sipping the Jones juice right now. I'm trying. Is he over or under 30 to 1? He is under 30 to 1. Are you thinking Byron? Nope. Red, not Reddick? Ryan Blaney. Four top fives. Uh, you know, he has led one, two, three, four, the five, the six most laps. Fourteen to one, kind of interesting to me. Um, yeah. The other guy. Now this one, uh, you know, Joey Logano, four, four top fives. Um, he has led one, two, three, four the fifth most laps at road courses since 2009. I mean, I think those are two sneaky guys. 
And I mean, it's really rare we get them at this price. But if you just look at it, you know, they are, you know, Blaney has better average since 2009. He's done better at road courses than Hamlin and Truex. Yeah. No, it's a valid point. So I think I think you're gonna just pick one side of the pendulum. Mm-hmm. Either you grab the consistent, really good road racers, or you leave them alone and you put your money in a guy like a Blaney, a Logano, and then like I said, slide up to a Briscoe, and you just bet those guys, hoping that something turns out better. But mm-hmm. where I struggle doing that is you have to hope Chase, Larson, Truex, um, the Dinger. You got to hope all those guys have a bad day. Yeah. Or they have a good day, but you're perfect. And for them only racing at this track once in how many years, I don't see that happening. You got to go with a guy that can just jump into a car at a road course and be successful. Last week, you made a comment how William Byron is the one that's in the sim the most. Do you think him being in the sim so much, getting ready for this race, do you think he's going to be an under-the-radar guy we can kind of look to target? Or do you I think- do because he was in the ballpark. He was in the ballpark until he got caught up in stuff in the last road course race. Yeah. But I feel like with him, I don't want to touch him until after qualifying. If he comes out at 33-1, to 1, yeah, I'll probably grab him at something like that. But at 22-1 to 1, right now, not knowing Road America that well besides the sim, I'm probably just going to steer away from him right now, but I will see what happens when it comes to qualifying. Um, Now my head, let's just break down these head to heads real quick. Uh, I already said here, this is one of my bets. Dinger over Suarez. We're looking at Bovada DraftKings. We got it at plus money. Uh, Bell and Hamlin basically have taken any, any process here. Bell. Bell and Kyle Busch. Bell again. I would take it actually real quick. If you got back-to-back Bells like that, I'd take Bella even money over Kyle rather than Bell minus against Hamlin. Uh, Bowman and Harvick, even money. I don't even like that. I'd lean towards uh, Bowman. but No, this is the funniest one I've seen in a while. What? Bowman and LaJoy. Bowman minus 600. LaJoy plus 375. Are they just are they just giving away money? Here? I am calling this right now. And guys, if you lose money on this, I completely apologize. I'm taking Corey LaJoy 100 percent at plus 375 and crossing my fingers, Bowman gets caught up in some bullshit. I mean, like at this like, number, why not? You know how much fun point. of a bet that is to sit there and watch a race and just pray one guy crashes. And- this is the, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock this one in too. Yes, so, you know I'll have to take LaJoy here plus three seventy five. Absolutely. Next one we're looking at Chase Briscoe, Kurt Busch, Briscoe. Uh, br- another weird one. Chase Briscoe minus three sixty. Give me Ty. Give me Ty Dillon at plus two fifty. This is weird. I've never seen this big of a swing in a head to head. Well, you know, but also these are like. A drivers and C drivers matched up, which they never do. Uh, Cendric, Blaney. I like Blaney. Even though I'm going to bet Cendric, I like Blaney in that head-to-head. Uh, Elliot and Larson. Larson. Give, me, give me Larson plus money. Yeah. Especially if I'm betting Chase to win, give me let Larson plus money. 
Um, Whoa. Wow, this is a juicy one, dude. Elliot minus 220. Truex plus 165. This is a lot of respect coming in for your boy. That is. Um, it, that's huge plus money in a head-to-head again. I mean, I I think Elliot's going to win the race, but I wouldn't mind grabbing Truex at a head-to-head at plus 165. Um, That's crazy. And I have not seen these guys until he just recently pulled them up because that's – Truex minus one thirty. Kyle Busch even money. Nah, I'm not touching that one. Uh, Kyle Larson minus one twenty. Chastain minus oh Larson all day. Everybody touched that. Larson will outrun Chastain. Uh, Logano Blaney. We talked about this earlier. Two guys I think are kind of under the radar this week. That's a coin flip. I'm not touching that. Uh, Reddick and Byron. Reddick minus one twenty five. Byron minus one oh five. Give me Byron. Um, you know, these, I don't um, like these, you know, I, mean, I, I there's, there's, dinger, uh, no, there's just no value. I feel in these. there's not now. Do they have the qualifying? Um, they have top three, um, top five could be in top 10. No, top five could be interesting this week. Yeah. Top 10. Mm. A top 10, a top 10 for Chris Busher at 140 after how well he ran at the last road course is intriguing. Here's pole position. I would absolutely put money on Elliot, Larson, and Truex. Okay. And, you know, I don't like these, but with a road course, if you have the ringers that dominate road courses, one of them's getting the pole. It's not going to be some off person. Even Christopher Bell at plus 22 is intriguing. I I can post it out later, but I might I might touch a couple of those, only because it's a road course. Okay. Okay. Um, I think uh, top, top Chevy. I don't like the manufacturer's. I don't. Top Ford, top Toyota. There he is. Bubba 50 to 1. Love it. Um, Winning team. I mean, I kind of feel like Hendrick, you know, like I don't. Unless something funky happens. uh, Winning car match. Wait, hold on. Winning car number over eight and a half. So you're telling me any number that's over an eight? Oh, no, I don't. Never mind. I don't like it because Larson's a five. So I see what they did there. Let's see. This is one. Larson or L- Larson or him win- or um, Elliot winning right here, plus 120. You know what I like even better? The odd. Or the um, – never mind. I'm backwards. As a same um, even number, but – Series championship, you know, we started looking at these. Any any value here? You, you, you'd be no, I mean, your only value is grabbing somebody like a Suarez and crossing your fingers he makes it to the championship since he's already in the playoffs. Now we need to remember Austin Sendrick's already in. He's at forty to one, um, because he won Daytona. He's got, he need a lot of luck. I mean, so, um, so that is it. Uh, basically, 
you know, we're taking a swing at um, Dylan over um, Dylan over. Um, oh my God, who do we have? Ty Dylan over. I'm totally spacing. It's getting old, man. Getting old, dude. Father Time is truly undefeated. Uh, back to these head-to-heads. We had Dinger over Suarez. We had LaJoy getting an insane price of plus 375 over Alex Bowman. Um, and then we had Ty Dillon plus Over Chase Briscoe. And then I took Kyle Larson. I was like, lone win bet at 7-1. to one. Brando, what would you take? I took Elliott five to one, Dinger fourteen to one, Cindric fourteen to one, and then those head to heads. Sounds good, my man. Now, something yeah. I think you need to do for anybody that watches this, you should give out a free pick. Whatever sport somebody requests, if they can guess what baseball team is on your hat, since it's always backwards. See, no one's gonna guess this, dude. You don't even know this. You can't even guess it. I'll show you off air. I guarantee you, you have it wrong. It's not the Reds. I'll guarantee you have it wrong. Is it What's your guess? Is it the Reds? No. Is the team red? Well, dude, now you're asking like 50 questions. All right, the Phillies? No. I mean, you got to give me a hint. It is a – I'm going to say this. It was, it's a special hat, and red is not this team's color. Oh, then I'm never going to guess. It's, it's not the Tigers. Yeah, see, I should have known. Yo, by the way, me and you need to make a bet, and not this week, but if you win whatever the bet is, I buy you a new Detroit Red Wings hat. You need a new one, dude. Dude, don't knock my hat, dude. That's my You need hat. a new Detroit Red Wings that's, hat. That's, that's my workout hat, my yelling hat, my my, well, my running hat, my, my Peloton hat. That's the hat I work in on, man. Like, that hat right. is 25 years old, dude. All okay. right, I'll give you that. I'll leave you alone with it. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, BostonBoy83. Give me a follow. Hopefully, we can cash some bets in. We were close again last week. It didn't work out the way we needed it, but uh, we're very close to grabbing that money that we need. So let's grab that bag and keep it moving. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets, my friend. Best of luck. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. You too, bud. Good luck, everybody. Guys, make sure you get Brandon a follow. Great guy. He's going to be hopping back on the ice ra- the iRacing Sim soon. Give him a follow at BostonBoat83 on Twitch, Instagram. And TikTok. Now, we are at the point of the podcast where we are going to be talking some CFL and USFL with, who else? XFL Jim. What is up? We're at that time of the podcast when we talk USFL and some CFL. And who better? Who's been in here pretty much every week? He's on site in Canton, Ohio for the championship game. XFL Jim. How you doing, buddy? Doing real good. It's USFL Jim this week. I know it's I got the handle up there, but it's US. Okay. I'm I'm excited about the championship. It's, it's good vibes. I'm exhausted though. I just drove good 16 vibe. hours straight. Dude. So I need to ask you just because when I drive, 
I usually try to, uh, you know, enjoy the finer cuisines. You know, what 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 was your meal? What, what was your meals when you were driving? Uh, I had a couple. So for breakfast, uh, so basically I left the house at like 2.33 in the morning. Uh, okay. Just energy drink and a bottle of water. That got me from my place to Des Moines. Uh, in Des Moines, okay. I was having some car issues. Uh, my check engine light came on, so I had to go swing by a mechanic. They said it was fine. And then I swung by a come and go, got a little, uh, it was like a sausage, egg, and cheese on a pretzel bun. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. And I had a, a coffee there, and I drove it out uh, all the way to Peru, Illinois, and then the car basically broke down, kind of. Oh, it, no. It, it stalled out on the interstate twice. And then I just ended up swapping cars. But I went to a Casey's and just had a regular pizza, got another water, and a pack of cigarettes. So that was lunch. And then I had uh, a Burger King, uh, chicken fries, and half of a Whopper for dinner. <laughs> wow. I have never had the Burger King chicken fries, my friend. I have They're never. fucking awesome. Those are those legitimately good. So On the way back. On the way back, I'm making sure to stop by the world's biggest truck stop. Where is that in? It's in Iowa. See, I have never been driving. God, I like I live in the Chicago suburbs. I don't think I've been driving west of Rockford, Illinois. I think that's there's not really any need to. <laughs> that was far west that I got. Um so you're saying pretty, pretty. You have a star's future that you're yeah, sitting like plus, at. Yeah, uh, like plus uh, 600, I think. Plus 600. So you're in an interesting spot. You're in a great spot, to be honest with you. A little bit jealous. We're looking at this line right now. This is courtesy of our friends on Bet Online. It's sitting at stars plus four and a half, over under of 46. And the money line is a plus 165. With you sitting on the future, are you going to double up on the plus 165 or just kind of sit out on the money line? I um, probably sit on the money line, but I'll definitely be putting a lot on that plus four and a half. I absolutely love that plus four and a half. I think that they're going to be able to shred the Stallions defense. Stars defense. I think it like you hit it. You've, you've been on it. They're just peaking at the right time right now. Oh yeah, they're 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 peaked at the right moment. I also like the over in this game. I think we got two dogs at quarterback. I think I think we get some crazy stuff going on. Now, ooh, tw- I'm seeing a 23. How do you feel about that first half under a 23? I do like your first half underplay. I love that. What about this two two and a half? Anything that wets your noodle here? Hmm. I like the plus two and a half just because, in general, the Stallions are a second-half team. I think the mm-hmm. Stars could come out and kind of, like, shock them a little bit, like punch them in the mouth. If you, if, if you wait a little bit, they might have, like, first-half money line, and it's probably going to be, like, plus 120 or something like that. I wouldn't mind taking that. I would love a plus 120. So, for the game, you're looking at the over of 46 and the Stars plus four and a half. Yes. Love the plus four and a half. 
I love the plus four and a half, but I'm going to play the under of 23 in the first half. Now let's go to the CFL and congratulations to you. Uh, first game of the week, you nailed the call on spring fever. Yeah. In the, in the Redbacks game, final score is 34 to 31. And you also had the Lions minus the two, unfortunately. We were both on that over, I think, weren't we, though? We were both on that over. Yeah, we were both on the over. Yep. Both on the over. Uh, but you hit the Lions minus the two. I was on the Redbacks plus the two and a half. So uh, good start of the week for you. I'm at one and one. Jim is at two and oh. And we're starting off going to, I don't know. The toughest game. You know what, dude? This game's so hard to handicap. It sucks, dude, because I I feel like the Tiger Cats are one of the many crazy ex-girlfriends I've had that just burn me time over time, time after time after time. They're basically like my maulers of the CFL. How do I not take the plus seven and a half here? I don't understand how you can't take the plus seven and a half. The Tiger Cats have been one of the – I'll say it. They, they've been the biggest disappointment in the league. I, you could, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. You know, and they're laying seven and a half. Juice is to the seven and a half. I think we could see an eight here. What say you? I think you could. And like, there's nothing telling me that Edmonton, like, they could potentially win this game. I love the plus seven and a half. I'm not touching a total here, though. Yeah, it's a tough total. You really don't know, like, how that's going to play out. It's going to be a shootout, a defensive battle. And, excuse me, something just doesn't look right with the Tiger Cats. They're, they, they're just off, especially offensively. I don't know what it is. Like, they looked a little bit better last week, but they're just – they're expert choke artists as well. Like, they just choke away leads in the second half or yeah. the end of the first half. It's been absolutely brutal for me who had them the last two weeks. Um, <laughs> absolutely brutal, I'm not going to lie. Next game, it's a rematch from the week before when Montreal just out, you know, let's call it what it is. They boat race the Rough Riders. They do. Uh, the Rough Riders are laying four and a half with the over-under is currently sitting at 45 and a half. What say you here? Like the over in this game a, a lot. I like over 45 and a half, especially like that I'm getting some good juice going that way. Oh, I think this could be a bounce back spot for the Rough Riders, but four and a half is too many points for the Alouettes. I feel like the Alouettes have this season have either won or lost by three. I'm yeah. taking the plus four and a half. I love the over here. I'm definitely going to be investing in the over. I just can't, love the over. I can't. I was hoping I would dip down to three with people buying Montreal after the beatdown, but I just can't do it. I honestly, well, like, I even if even if Saskatchewan would have won last week and this was still the line, I'd still take Montreal. Just they cover. Yeah, they're above a three. They're a cover machine, and I don't know. I'm definitely going to be on the over. I'm, I'll monitor this line movement. Maybe I like the plus four and a half. I like it a lot. You know what? Yeah, I think you're talking to me into it. I'll probably lock in that plus four and a half too. But I'm definitely going to be riding on the over with you next. July 4th, America's holiday. We have CFL. It'll be on Monday night football. It's going to be on the big screen in my casa. We got the Blue Bombers laying five against Toronto with the over under of 
42 and a half. Um, do we know who's starting this game? Um, we do not know who's starting this game. I really want to invest on Toronto. Fourth of July, they're going to start the American. It's going to be Swag Kelly. It's going to be Chad Kelly. Give me the plus five. I love it. I freaking love it. Um, now, in terms of the over, what do you think? It's tough. Uh, I still believe in Toronto's offense uh, in theory, but Winnipeg's defense is really good, and Winnipeg's offense has left me a little bit desiring. Um, I I lean over, but that's a that's a slight lean. I mean, they have to bounce back after that. That's game. a low total. That's that's forty two and a half low. That is an insanely low total. They they have to bounce back, don't they? I, it just depends. Like, I, they're Toronto's a complete wild card this week because I have no idea who they're starting back there at quarterback. I am googling. Starting quarterback Ian Cameron Bethel Thompson isn't long for this QB job. He wasn't good last week and he hasn't been much better tonight. Let's be honest, he isn't the Arnold's long term answer at QB. It's Chad Kelly time, so he's hyping up Chad Kelly. It should Um, be Chad Kelly time. I don't know. It, it definitely should be Chad Kelly time. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll see it. Um, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll play the bounce back. I'll do it. Even if Kelly plays, I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle on the money line. Um, you know, he did go two for five for 26 yards in the INT. The deep ball that uh, was intercepted was heaved late. So I don't know. I, I think they got to pull the trigger and just kind of go with them because Ian Cameron's right. You know, Bethel Thompson has not been the answer for the Argonauts because you and I were both kind of high on that offensive attack going into the season. Yeah, I'm still high on them in theory. It's just, I don't know, like, he's accurate. He just doesn't move the needle. He doesn't make the big plays when he needs to. He's, he's just not a, not a needle mover, huh? Yeah. Um. So, my friend, you know, you're exhausted. You rode for 16 hours. Your car broke down. You know, I just want to thank and you. And now I have to get a fucking oil change in the one that they switched me with. You have to get an oil change in a rental car. Yeah. But they they reimburse. Okay. Okay. I just have to keep the receipt and they'll reimburse me. Okay. All right. Well, dude, it's been a hellish day, man. You know, I appreciate, you know, I'm sure you want to catch some Z's. I have a couple tall boys and go to bed. So I appreciate I'm gonna sleep you so out. fucking hard tonight. It's going to be a nice relaxing day tomorrow. And then Saturday, I got to plan some stuff out. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun weekend. And then I'm just going to be at the field. First thing Sunday tailgating all day. I love it. I love it. My friend, you enjoy yourself. Take some pictures, take some videos. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? My friend, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, everywhere at XFL Gym. That's where I'm at. YouTube, I got a lot of stuff coming, especially with the, the XFL stuff coming with the USFL winding down. There's a lot going on. Uh, Twitch, I'm trying to stream more. I'm trying to stream more on Twitch. That's been fun. 
Like when I stream the USFL playoffs, it's fun. Maybe I'll try streaming like some CFL games, some watch-alongs. You know what? I enjoyed it when I went on it. You have some fun, drink some beers for me, and have some stories next week when we talk some football, my friend. You fucking bet. I'd like to thank Jim for coming on. Jim just drove 16 hours, car broke down, has a rental car, has to get a flipping oil change, and he still came on to the podcast. Thank you for that, my friend. Make sure you give him a follow at XFL Jim all over social media, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, and Instagram. That's it for today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Unfortunately, we lost today's bet. Make sure you check out my YouTube channel where I'll be giving free daily bets. Everything is free. It'll be posted on Twitter, YouTube, IG, wherever. So make sure you check that out. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe, and set those reminders for the ETOF 2-1 Sports Show, which debuts this Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Until next week, boys and girls.